when things aren't going as you hope. It's the deal with it quickly, deal with it early, have that discussion. You're listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience, a podcast dedicated to helping executives train their sales and marketing teams to optimize growth. Whether you're looking for techniques and strategies or tools and resources, you've come to the right place. Let's accelerate your growth in three, two, one. Hey everybody, Chad with Value Selling Associates here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about another podcast you might enjoy. This is one of the most frequent questions I get asked, whether in person or via email, is what else am I listening to? What other shows do I find extremely valuable? If you're a regular listener to this show, you're gonna really enjoy the B2B sales show from Sweetfish Media. If you're looking for a specific episode, I would highly recommend checking out the episode on effective account multi-threading with Peter Chun. He's the uh, VP of sales over at LucidChart. Another one that I listened to just recently that I've really been into is the metrics every sales leader should be watching with Brad Rosen. So before we jump into the show, just want to give you guys a little bit of pointer on something else you might be able to use to feed your head. Until next time, enjoy yourselves and on with the regularly scheduled programming. Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today, we're talking about ways to drive greater employee engagement, enable internal alignment, and deliver environments where accountability is actually part of the culture, where we create a sense of what is success and how do we get there. To help us, we have Don Sando, president of Strategic Results Group. Don, thank you so much, and welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So before we jump into the topic of the day, we we typically start with a random question <laughs> that helps our audience get a better sense of you as an individual. <laughs> um, how about a, a hobby or passion that you have that may surprise those that only know uh, only know you through the work you do? So I'm really into uh, coaching basketball and family basketball games. <laughs> I kind of got hooked on basketball playing at my lunchtime at Hiller Packard when I worked there and brought that home. And then all my kids got into it. And, uh, you know, now I'm coaching, I coach them and now I'm coaching grandkids. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. So, all right, for, for our listeners, when not playing basketball, how about some uh, context around uh, strategic results group and what you do there? Well, I, uh, so my, my main value proposition is helping companies create uh, growth plans and then working with the organization to achieve what we put in the plan. I, I did a strategic planning for Hewlett Packard after doing a lot of marketing. And then we also got involved in acquisitions. And I, and I quickly learned that, you know, you can have a great uh, growth plan for the organization, but if you don't have an organization that can execute it uh, and doesn't have the discipline to hold themselves accountable to what they put in the plan, then uh, you've just kind of wasted a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. w- what was it about employee engagement and accountability that, you know, why, why did you see that as kind of the linchpin? What made you so passionate about it? Well, it really started with a couple of acquisitions that we did. That, you know, we identified businesses that were a strategic fit, but had some flaws, you know, that we thought we could overcome. And so I would work with the leadership team to create a new strategic plan after the acquisition. 
And then I'd come back and look months later and look at the financials and go, we're not getting it done. You know, <laughs> we got the same old problems we had when we bought you. <laughs> it's like, right. we're supposed to be a diamond in the rough, not, not a, uh, an anchor, you know? So, uh, so then it became kind of like, you know, this mission of, well, how do we turn cultures around? Because, you know, the culture I was at at HP, we were very disciplined about holding ourselves accountable to whatever we said we were going to do. And that same discipline did not, not exist in a lot of organizations and they got distracted. And then, the, you know, the goals that you said never got accomplished. Right. Yeah. Right. So how did you, how did you guys instill accountability at HP? How was it? How did you guys, what did you guys put into place that allowed you to remain consistently accountable? Well, there was a, basically, we involved everybody as, as many people as we could in creating the plan, right? So when I would do a strategic planning project with an HP division, you know, I have, a, we'd have a hundred people in the cafeteria doing the strategic plan, breaking them up into groups and getting everybody involved. And consequently, you know, there was a high level of ownership and buy-in, right? It wasn't, oh, that's some stupid plan that, you know, the owners and the executive team created that's not realistic. It was a, there was a high level of buy-in. And then when we did our monthly and, and quarterly reviews, you know, we identified, well, what did we say we were going to do in the plan and did we do it? And if we did great, you know, and if we didn't, you know, what, what changed, what went wrong, you know, is the plan realistic? Do we need to change the plan or is something we're doing not on track? And we need to change that. You know, I found it funny when I got recruited away from HP and I went to another company that the quarterly review meetings, everybody would get up and talk about, you know, the wonderful things they had accomplished the last quarter and then the wonderful things they were going to do the next quarter. But, you know, after about three or four quarters of that, I'm going, wait a minute, they keep saying they're going to do the same stuff, but they never do it. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait a minute. I thought, isn't that what you said you were going to do last quarter? Why didn't you do it? Why is that what you're going to do next quarter? So, you know, there was, there was just a different approach to accountability. And what about, what about, consequences. So when, I mean, I, I'm totally on the same page with you when it comes to ownership, the more people you can have involved, they feel like they were part of the genesis of this. I think it's even more critical today based on the generational differences that we're seeing from, you know, boomers to Gen X to millennials mm -hmm. and Gen Z. I think that's a critical component of it. The, the flip side of that though, is what, what is the, what is the um, consequences for failure to achieve look like? Well, on an individual level, you know, I'm a lot more into, uh, you know, carrots rather than sticks. But, you know, so if somebody signs up for something, you know, then it's like, well, what's the in, what's the incentive or the, what are the consequences if I achieve it? You know, and if I don't achieve it, well, then the consequences are obvious. I'm not getting this bonus. Right. I'm not getting, you know, on an organizational level. There are consequences, you know, if, if, if the leader can't lead a team, then the leader has to be replaced. You know, uh, a lot of times when I go in to organizations, one of the questions I have to ask is, okay, are, 
is the team you have worth investing in, right? right. <laughs> or are we throwing money you know, down right. the drain? Are the right people on the bus? Exactly. Uh, then getting them engaged. If got the right people on the bus, you know, maybe we got to move some seats or whatever. But you know, I find that a great deal of success with getting people, you know, holding themselves accountable to whatever it is they said that they were going to do. And, and when, so there's the whole human element there, right? That adds a, a level of complexity to it. But then when you get into fast growing companies that are moving at a speed that, that is sometimes astounding and, and sometimes creates its own internal wake and changes, how do you focus on or get these organizations to focus on employee engagement when, you know, they feel like they're, they're, they're on, they're on a good path. They're growing already. Why, why would we want to do anything different? Well, if the employees are not engaged, you know, what, whatever results you're achieving are not going to be sustainable. Right. Not so, you know, and so you're, you're going to see a drop off in energy. You're going to see a drop off in results. And so we always talk about, you know, when you're hiring people, you hire internally motivated people. But if you, if you do that, you know, then you have to manage them you know, a way that allows them to perform and to succeed and rewards that, you know, and, and then the other part of that is when things aren't going as you hoped, or, you know, it's, it's the deal with it quickly, deal with it early, have that discussion. One of my favorite stories was I was somebody in my department at, at one of these companies came to me at, you know, for the quarterly review and, and she said, well, I can see that I'm, I'm not going to get my bonus this quarter. And I'm like, yep, you know, you know what, I know it. Right. So the discussion changed to, okay, how can I help you uh, get, make sure you get it next quarter? What, what didn't work this last quarter. And so she and I were on the same team trying to overcome you know, the obstacles rather than me sitting down and telling her, you know, uh, you, you're not going to get a bonus this quarter. And she's shocked, you know, why, what happened? You know, it's like, no, 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 it's, that's not, uh, you know, we're on the same team here. We're trying to make something happen. And, um, you know, there are consequences if we don't achieve it. Right. Right. It removes the adversarial nature in terms of it's a more collaborative. Yeah. Right. And, it, yeah. and it's a result of the transparency because everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing. And there's not a lot of assuming the goals are structured. Well, <laughs> there's not a lot of gray yeah. area about whether or not they were achieved. Yeah. Excellent. And so when you look at, um, organizations, are there things that they could, I mean, it's also, it's often hard for organizations to self-diagnose, you know, their own challenges, but are there things or flags that organizations could be looking for to determine if they have the highest level of employee engagement? Well, yeah, there are a lot of employee surveys, different kinds that are out there that, um, you know, are indicators, but, you know, there's a couple of interesting polls that, uh, you know, one is a Gallup poll, uh, and they asked, you know, I, I love the Gallup polls because they, they survey a wide audience and, and they ask simple questions, right? <laughs> uh, so there's one survey, they asked a simple manager, help you set performance goals, all right? On a scale of one to five, you know, 
five, I strongly, uh, I strongly agree that they, he or she does that, or one, I strongly disagree. And what they found is that of those that answered five, that they strongly agreed, 69% said that they were engaged at work. And those that answered a one or a two, only seven to eight percent were engaged at work, and forty to fifty percent described themselves as actively disengaged. Wow! Um, so you know, employees will will acknowledge whether they're engaged or not. But you know, the key is so if they're not engaged, what do you do about it, right? And that's what I liked about the the Gallup poll is that they don't just ask the question, but they correlate that with other questions that, that talk about, well, you know, which questions correlate with high level of engagement and which questions do not. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. And so when, when people are listening to this, when we've got, you know, managers, leaders, and, and, and people that are running organizations involved in these organizations, what three things do you want to make sure they walk away from this conversation with that will, that will help them or at least point them in the right direction? Well, the first thing is to make sure that each employee has a list of, you know, four to six top responsibilities in priority order and that that employee and their manager agree on what that list is. I always tell people you, this list has to be generated bottoms up, not tops down unless it's a new hire. All right. So you, you go to somebody and say, well, what do you think your top six responsibilities are? Put them in priority order and then make sure that you and your manager, you know, agree with that list. And then second step is put metrics on each responsibility. So how are you going to measure that this responsibility is being done successfully? Now, if, if you create that list for each employee, it really eliminates the need for micromanagement because the employees now know, oh, there's my top six and, and here's how we measure. And, and, you know, and it's the employee that generates the, uh, the measure. This is how you measure, right? Or at least they propose, this is how I think it should be measured. And then the manager agrees or says, well, I, w- I would measure it a little differently or a lot of times I get uh, active in that part because people aren't familiar with, with creating, you know, specific enough metrics that, that they can track. But once, once we get those done and then we start a regular tracking uh, mechanism, you know, whether it's customer satisfaction or whether it's, you know, adherence to schedule or, you know, whether it's something related to profitability or some, you know, some financial metric. I mean, salespeople inherently are used to this, right? They got quotas, you know, everybody knows how you're doing relative to quota, but, you know, but every, you know, my contention is that almost every job, every position in an organization can be equally accountable to a set of metrics. You know, the, the two most common are, are salespeople and payroll person, right? If, if payroll is late or payroll is not accurate, you know, places in an uproar. Right. So, so, right. So they know how to be accountable, right? But other parts of the organization sometimes are not held to that same standard. And so the process that I use 
you know, overcomes that and gets everybody on kind of equal playing field. What, what parts of an organization have you found it the most challenging to define those measures for success or get them to buy into them? Which, you know, of the other um, out there, you know, gosh, uh, probably marketing, right? Cause marketing is, you know, I mean, although there's been huge advances and, you know, you can measure a lot of the marketing you do now that, you know, operations, you know, usually you can get different parts of the, uh, operations organization, you know, they'll know on time delivery performance or, or they'll know, you know, their return rate or scrap rate or whatever, you know, the key things are that they're measuring. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, like I go into an organization and say, well, what's your, they'll define, well, we should be held accountable to customer satisfaction. Okay. So what is it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, people like us. Okay. How do you know that? <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times organizations, we have to start doing some sort of customer satisfaction survey or, or measurement to really identify you know, what's going on. My, my son is a, uh, Mercedes technician and, you know, they, you know, when you go to a dealership there, they always have these follow-up surveys on service, right? And there's one question on the survey that, that their customers get. And it says, you know, was the work done correctly the first time or did you have to come back? Right. And he gets a report card at the, at the end of every month of, you know, the answer. And if it was above 90% said, yes, it was done correctly the first time or 95. I don't know the exact threshold. He gets an extra dollar an hour for all the hours that he worked that month. Ah, nice. You know, and if, if he doesn't meet the threshold, he doesn't get it. Right. And so every technician is, you know, and that's, you know, so it's, it's one question, but it really gets to the heart of, you know, what they're responsible for. Right. Right. And it's easy enough for, you know, the self-management, as you mentioned earlier, exactly. you know, exactly, exactly what you're striving, you know, what, what perfection or not, maybe not perfection, but what the goal looks but like. Success. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What it, yeah, I always say, how do you define excellence? How do you find, define success? Right. 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 All right. Perfect. So let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions towards the end of each interview. The first is simply as an executive yourself, that means you're probably a prospect for sales professionals. And I'm always curious to learn in the world we live in today with all of these tools at people's disposal, when somebody doesn't have a relationship with you, there's no referral in or there, you know, there's been no connection in the past. What works for you? What does somebody have to do in order to, you know, earn the right, build the credibility to, to get 15, 30 minutes on your calendar? I would say two things. One is, is they have to ask uh, good questions. You know, they ask a question that makes me think or challenges me or whatever. All right. And then tell me relevant stories. Oh, you know, we work with a company about your size does what you do. And we, delivered, you know, this is what happened and, and we deliver these kinds of results. So you know, to me, those are, are probably the two keys asking, asking good questions and then telling really relevant stories that demonstrate, you know, the value proposition. 
All right, perfect. And our last question, and we call it our acceleration insight. If there's one thing you could tell sales, marketing, or professional services people, one piece of advice you could give them that if they listened, you believe would help them hit their targets or improve their performance, what would it be and why? It would probably be, you know, first of all, make sure you have a, a very specific target, you know, written down, and then that you measure you know, regularly how you and track your performance relative to that target, right? So that would be key, right? And then if if you're not achieving the target and you can't figure out why, then it's okay. I need, I need to get some help. I need to get some mentoring. I need to talk to somebody. Gee, that person over there seems like they're really killing it. I'm going to ask them, <laughs> what do they think I'm doing wrong or what am I missing? Or, you know, why am I not getting the performance that I expect? Excellent. Excellent. Great advice. So Don, uh, if a listener's interested in talking, what, how do you prefer they reach out to you? What's the preferred uh, method? You know, probably email Don Sando, D-O-N-S-A-N-D-O at strategicresultsgroup.com or they can go on my website, strategicresultsgroup.com and find me there. Excellent. Don, I can't thank you enough for being on the show and taking the time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate the, uh, the the opportunity, Chad. All right, everybody, you know the drill that does it for this episode. Hit us at b2brevexec.com. Share the share the episode with family, friends, coworkers. Drop us a review on iTunes. And until next time, we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.